Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Beautiful time. Anyway, what is happening? Well, the other day I was in town and uh, in Nashville, Franklin actually, and uh, I had to get one or two things. Um, So I had been to Costco and then I noticed that there was a new oldie shop. We call it oldies. Um, Some people say it differently. Um, Anyway, there was a new one there, so I thought, I'll pop in and get my one or two items. So I went in, got my items, and then I wanted to just use the restroom before we travelled home. And when I went to the restroom, I could hardly believe my eyes. I could hardly believe the sign at the restroom. It was now an all-gender restroom. But more than that, what got me was the picture. It had the normal picture, the, the man with the leggings and the woman with the skirt. And then it had another figure with the skirt one side and the pants the other side. In other words, it was a half-woman, half-man. But... I simply could not believe it. And I was so sad because Oldie is our favorite grocery store. And praise the Lord, up in Dixon, where we usually shop, it's an older shop and it still has separate bathrooms, which I love. Anyway, I went to the checkout guy. I didn't have time to see the manager and, uh, you know, said my protest and and uh, he said oh well you you know people go in at different times so it doesn't matter but the thing is they were making a statement with that picture they were standing on the side of transgender and all the new oldies that are being um, done and there's quite an I know I looked up and found there's quite a lot that are that are opening up, they all have these transgender bathrooms. And uh, so I believe, ladies, we, we have to make a stand. We have to protest. This transgender thing is a, it's, it's a slap in the face of God, our creator. Our God, our creator. He created male and female. He didn't create half and half. Oh, it, it, is, it is horrific. It, it is sacrilegious. And we must stand up. So I wrote a Facebook post. Maybe some of you saw it. And I asked everyone, please, just go to the internet, look up Oldie, find the address and write or call or email the head manager in USA and also contact your local Oldie. If you have it in your uh, area, 
And uh, if you do, maybe yours has still got the good old male and female bathrooms, but you still need to write and say, we see that this is happening with Oldie. Please do not allow it in um, your shop, because if you do, you will lose our custom. And uh, up there in Texan, they will lose a lot of custom because loads of us shop up there. And I trust it never happens there. But the sad thing is, ladies, I cannot believe it. I got 4,400 comments on that little post. No, it wasn't 4,500 likes. I didn't get that many likes. But they were comments. And most of the comments were against what I was saying. They were pro-transgender. I could not believe it. I could not believe that this deception, this slap in the face of God who created us, could be already so entrenched in our society. Oh my, we are in a fight against evil. And uh, I, I trust that this really affects you because it should. We are to abhor evil. And this is evil. This is evil. All this junk about, oh, well, maybe I'm meant to be female or maybe I'm meant to be male. This is ridiculous nonsense. It is evil and the word tells us that we are to hate evil. Romans 12 verse 9 says we are to abhor evil. And that word abhor means to shudder. It makes us shudder. We can hardly bear to see it. And so, lovely ladies, if you happen to have an oldie uh, near you, please stand up. Please write or call or visit your manager. Make sure that they never allow this to happen. And uh, I think we can all write uh, to head office about what is happening and all these new um, <clears throat> shops that they are um, getting up now and opening um, because... If it starts here, it's just going to go just from one to the other. And uh, we don't want this in our society. It's coming in, but we need to stand up. Stand up against evil. So, please, I hope you will do something. I know it just takes a moment. You know, when you have to, there's something happening. You've got to call your senator or email them or write to them. It does take time in your busy schedule. But we've got to take time out and do these things. Oh, it is so important. We need to even call our senators and congressmen and governors and, and tell them that we don't want um, this transgender thing just overtaking our society. We need to tell them that we do not want to see these signs in our shops. We, we have to stand up. And I hope you have already called your um, senators about standing against the Equality Act, which, of course, is the opposite. It is actually just totally a bringing down of the Christian faith. We will have no rights at all if this was to go through. So all these things that are happening and so many more, let's be those who take a stand. We call, 
and we write and we protest. Amen. All right. Today I'd like to talk about another subject regarding who are we listening to? And this is the subject of having children. What do we do about this? And who do we listen to? And who are we listening to? Who we are listening to will determine uh, our lifestyle, our actions, what we do about it. Now, currently, the um, average number of children in the United States is about 1.8 per family. And uh, I don't think that's what God ever intended. Of course, there are many who can't have children and not able to conceive and uh, so on, many other things. Uh, and so it works out that perhaps most are having only two children, maybe some three. Of course, there are many who are having more and opening their womb to the children God wants them to have. But this is a very, very foreign concept in our modern society and has been for a number of decades now. And, uh, and yet... Who are we listening to? What does God say about the subject? Does God say anything? There was a time in my life when I thought that God didn't say anything about that. I'd never noticed anything in the Bible, and I thought you just used your brain, just use common sense. But God has a lot to say. Oh, it, it's we see, as we read the Word, we feel His heartbeat about children from the beginning to the end. You see, children are God's plan. It's the way he intends the world to work. He, he designed marriage and that from marriage would come children, which keeps the world going, of course. So let's have a look at a few scriptures, shall we? We'll go, first of all, well, let's go to the very beginning. That's a good place to start. Let's start at the very beginning. Yes, uh, Genesis 1, 26, 27. And God said, let us. I love that, don't you? God is a let us God. He is the triune God. He is a plural God. When he speaks, he says, let us, not just me, let us together. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them take dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. No transgender. Male or female. God, who is the creator, he is the one who created male and female. And God blessed them. 
Did you notice that? The very first thing that God did after he created mankind was to bless them, to pour out his blessing all over them. God is a blessing God and loves to bless us. And how did he bless them? Well, we don't know actually how he blessed them. I'm sure he spoke over them. Yes, he did, because it says, And God said unto them, He spoke a blessing. Blessings are to be spoken. We can feel good about people. We can think in our hearts, Oh, I love that person. But if we don't say something, they don't know. And when we want to bless somebody, well, we can bless them by just doing good things for them. We can bless them by just hugging them, smiling at them. But the greatest way we can bless people is by speaking to them, speaking a blessing. And this was the blessing that God spoke. He spoke unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish or fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. And so this was the blessing God gave to man to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth. Dear ladies, did you know that to conceive and be fruitful is God's blessing. Why do people not think it is a blessing? It is the greatest blessing that God gives. And then we go further, we go down to chapter 2, and, and then when God uh, brings the male and the female together, and he says to them in verse 24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And out of that one flesh union comes children, comes fruitfulness, comes blessing. And so this is God's heart. And let's go over, shall we, to Genesis 49. And here, this is the chapter where Jacob, the patriarch, is blessing his 12 sons. And we get down to Joseph, verse 24. And his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob, even by the God of thy father who shall help thee, and by the Almighty, the Almighty. The word Almighty in the Hebrew is El Shaddai. El speaks of God's strength and might and power. Shaddai is a picture of God as the breasted one, as a nursing mother. And the word shad is literally breast. And so El Shaddai is the almighty breasted one. And it's a picture of God as the nurturer, 
the one who wants to take us up in his arms and love us, nurture us, protect us, comfort us. Uh, And this nurturing anointing is in the heart of God. It's part of his character. And when God created female, he chose the female creation to ultimately reveal this nurturing anointing. And so he created her with breasts, breasts and a womb. And uh, because the breasts are nurturing and nourishing, and uh, this is who God created us to be. And so it, it doesn't say, and by God who shall bless thee, but by Almighty, the El Shaddai, the breasted one, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breasts and of the womb. Notice it doesn't only say blessing, it is plural, the blessings with an S on the end. The blessings of the breasts and of the womb. God sees that as the most powerful and wonderful blessing. And he gives that blessing over Jacob gives that blessing, God speaking through him over Joseph. And uh, it is so true. I think we've just got to begin to see, lovely ladies, how God feels and what he says in his word. Society does not talk about the blessings of the breasts and the blessings of the womb. We are in such a deceptive society that most women seem to have forgotten who God created them to be. They seem to forget what God gave them breasts for and that they actually have a womb. I mean, most women try to stop the function of their womb. They don't want a womb. Oh, goodness me. I haven't got time for a womb. I've got a career. I've got this. I've got this to do. I don't want to be tied down with a baby that comes from the womb. Help me. And so the very, very, uh, what would we say? The very... um, center, the very ultimate thing of who God created us to be is really a womb man. There are only two kinds of people in this world. There's no transgenders. Well, they try to make themselves be one, but it it really is just totally fake. In fact, that little picture on the wall at Oldie really exposed it because they had the male with the pants on, the woman with the skirt, and then they had this transgender, half woman with a skirt one side, pants the other side. They really expose how confused they are because they seem to think that if they're a woman, they're changing, they're going to be a male. And some males think, oh, I I was supposed to be a woman, so they want to change to be a female. But that picture showed it. Half woman, 
half male. You are only one or the other, or you are a freak. God did not create half and half. And that's what that picture showed. They're showing even the deception of what they are doing. But let's get back to the blessing of who God created us to be. He created us with a womb. We are a womb man. As a, and as I said, only two kinds of people in the world, a man with a male who doesn't have a womb and the man with a womb. We are a man with a womb, a womb man, a womb man. And our womb is um, our greatest distinction of who we are as a woman. A man doesn't have a womb. We have the privilege of having a womb. And why is it that so many women just want to stop the function of their womb? They don't want to have anything to do with their womb when it is their greatest gift that God has given them. It's not only a gift to them, it's a gift to the world. Oh, I just think of that verse in, in uh, Luke when uh, Mary was prophesying and because she had been told that she was going to bring forth the Son of God and she says, For he that is mighty hath done to me great things and holy is his name. Well, it's true that Mary was blessed beyond any other woman in the history of the world. She nourished Jesus, the Son of God, in her womb and gave birth to him. That was a great thing. That word great is megalios, and it means magnificent, conspicuous, wonderful. I think it's where we get our word mega from. And yet, lovely ladies, in a lesser way, God continues to do great things in every mother's womb that conceives a baby. Every new baby is born in the image of God. Every new baby is a fresh revelation of God to the world. And each one has the possibility of accomplishing marvelous things. I like to think, but I can never fully just imagine it, of all the amazing things that have happened, are happening, and will happen in this world. Just think. Think of the um, remarkable inventions, the incredible feats, both intellectually and physically. And, and, you know, mankind is advancing, advancing, advancing all the time. The astounding advancements and the brilliant discoveries. And yet, lovely ladies, none of them ever happen on their own. Every one of them happens through a person. And where did that person come from? That person came from a womb. Let's get it, ladies. Just get the statement I'm going to say. Without the womb, nothing happens in this world. It all 
comes to a grinding halt. It is the womb, the womb, where life is conceived and grows and comes forth to do amazing things. None of these things can happen without the womb. There has to be the womb of a woman. And even God chose the greatest thing that's ever happened in this world where the Son of God left the glory of eternity to come into this world to take our sin upon him and our sicknesses upon him, take our place to give us salvation and deliverance. But God chose for him to come through a womb. The womb is so powerful. Dear ladies, are you listening and you have a little baby growing in your womb? Oh, it is an amazing thing that is happening. God is working. God gave you conception, nobody else. You see, this is why, this is why Satan hates life. Well, I think there's many reasons he hates life. He, he is just, um, you know, he is the destroyer. He is the liar. He, and he hates life. You see, he cannot create life. He doesn't have the power to create life. Only God has the power to create life. And so he is jealous of God and he comes against life. He wants to eradicate life in every way he can. And dear darling ladies, we have to be careful about what we say and what we do, because by doing that, we show whose side we are on. If we're on God's side, we will love life. Jesus said in Romans 10, verse 10, I am come to give life and to give it to you more abundantly. But before that word, it says, but Satan comes to rob and to kill and to destroy. He wants to rob life, kill life, destroy life. It's interesting that there's three words that are used there. And there are three things that are used to destroy life. Contra contraception, sterilization, and abortion. They are all life destroyers. And uh, they want to get rid of life through contraception and, uh, and then through sterilization. And if that doesn't work, well, abortion is a backup plan because Satan is the one who hates life. And so, dear ladies, if we have a negative attitude to life, if we, we are trying to resist life, we have to be careful whose side we're on. You see, often we're not really aware of this because we're not aware of the scriptures. We're not reading the scriptures. We are just hearing all this junk that we hear in our humanistic society today. Be careful who you are listening to. 
Are you listening just to the fake deceptions of the enemy, of Satan himself, who hates life? Or are you listening to God? I love that quote of Frank Borham. He says, We fancy that God can only manage his world by big battalions abroad, when all the while he is doing it by beautiful babies at home. When a wrong wants writing, or a truth wants preaching, or a continent wants opening, God sends a baby into the world to do it. That is why, long, long ago, a babe was born in Bethlehem. You see, it's through the womb. Through the womb, dear ladies. You have a womb. Begin to see the blessing of your womb. What does God say? The blessings of the breasts and of the womb. This is God language. Do you have the same language as God? Do you talk about the blessings of the breasts and of the womb? God does. He believes they're blessings. And he's given them to us as blessings. We are blessed to be female. Oh, we are so blessed, dear ladies. We are blessed to have the privilege to be life givers, to bring life into the world, to bring forth just everything that's going to happen in this world. It comes through the womb. Oh, let's look at a few more scriptures, shall we? Okay, let's go to Isaiah 49 verse 2. Yes, this is actually a Messianic scripture speaking of Christ who is to come. It also speaks of Israel. But with every scripture, uh, it always has so many depths. Um, It can be speaking to Israel, but it will also have a word for us. It is life-giving and every word is alive and has power. And we just see truth in every word not even every verse but every word and verse 49 no it's verse 1 sorry listen O isles unto me and hearken ye people from far the Lord hath called me from the womb from the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name isn't that beautiful In a prophetic word about Jesus, he is not ashamed to say these words. Look, three times it mentions womb, bowels, which is another word for another Hebrew word for womb. There's four Hebrew words for womb, different words. And and, uh, so here we have two. Um, He called me from the womb, beten. And from the bowels, mere, two different words for womb in the Hebrew. And the bowels of my mother. Isn't that beautiful? In a messianic prophecy, God talks, speaks two times of the womb and also speaks of the mother. That's how God sees 
the power of the womb and the power of motherhood. It is so incredible. Let's go over to uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 31. And um, here, of course, it's about Jesus coming forth from the womb. And it's actually happening or getting closer to happen now. So let's go to it. Luke 1. Luke 1 and verse 31. All right. And behold, this is the angel speaking to Mary and prophetically saying that she is going to bring forth the Son of God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth talking about birth bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus now here again we see in this prophetic word of Jesus the son of God coming into the world these words are used conceive wow Conceive, that's an interesting word, ladies. Now, this word conceive is the word in the Greek, sulembeno, and it literally means to clasp, to seize, to catch, to capture. Now, that's interesting. I actually looked this um, verse up a long, long time ago, and I was looking up the Greek to see, well, what does conceive really mean? And, oh, I was rather surprised because I was still believing the old scientific um, way that, you know, we get the picture and we've always been told there's all these thousands of sperm, which there are, of course, these little sperm, they're all swimming up the fallopian tubes and they're all trying to get to the egg first. Who's going to be the first one to get there and to claim the prize? And that's the picture that we have. And then I read this meaning. Well, that's a little different. It says here that conceive, which is the woman's part, okay, we are the ones who conceive in the womb. The man doesn't conceive, he releases the sperm, but we conceive. And uh, this, once again, is in a messianic prophecy. And so I began to do some research. And I found out, ladies, that science has moved on. Science is always moving on as they are, have the ability to see more with greater microscopes or whatever they use today. And, and they can understand and see a lot more. And they have found that the egg is actually an aggressive sperm catcher. Now, isn't that interesting? Um, yes, let me read you a sentence. It's an aggressive sperm catcher covered with adhesive molecules that can capture a sperm with a single bond and clasp it to the zona's surface. I was reading one scientific article and um, it, it had the word seize in it, 
so many times and, and I couldn't believe it because that's what the Bible says. Isn't it amazing, ladies, that after all these years and years and years of scientific discovery, they have now just caught up with what conceived means in the Bible. I mean, God could have told them ages ago. And uh, there it is. The, the, the X seizes, and of course there's a lot more to the wonderful way it all happens, it's all kind of amazing, but I won't go into all that now. But we just see that the Word of God is always correct, more up-to-date than science. Isn't it incredible? Yes, so anyway, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. There it is again, thy womb. Yes, the Son of God was going to come into a womb and bring forth a son. Oh, the blessing of the womb. Well, I've hardly started, ladies, so I think I'll have to do another podcast and give you a few more scriptures because I can't leave you with only those few. There are so many many more. In fact, I know even if I do another podcast, I won't get through them all. But I want to just give you some to just get you to to be listening to God's heart, to his word and what he says. And God's language is the blessings of the breasts and of the womb. Let's pray. Dear Father, oh, we want to thank you that you are our God. We can trust you. You are our creator. Lord God, we want to listen to you. Save us from being brainwashed with fake messages and deceptions. Lord God, we're only on the right track when we listen to your word. Only your word is truth. Your word is truth from the beginning. And from the beginning, your word is truth. Lord God, I pray that you will help each one of us to understand from your heart and to embrace with all our hearts the blessings of the breasts and of the womb. Lord God, help us to see who you created us to be and to embrace it, and to walk in it, and to fulfill all that you have planned for us as female. In the name of Jesus, amen. In that home, we knew we were safe To be young enough to dream Find the faith to believe Welcome to the podcast. From our home to yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive.